Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about why a popular opinion might not be as popular as you thought, a new analysis that's debunked the blood type diet, and a pool of water that's 2 billion years old. Let's satisfy some curiosity. People are always influenced by popular opinion. It's human nature. But here's a weird psychology quirk. Our perceptions of which opinions are popular aren't always accurate. In fact, research shows that when one person repeats an opinion over and over, we tend to think it's a popular opinion. This comes from a surprising study from 2007, which involved a series of six experiments with more than a thousand participants. The experiments varied, but they generally went like this. Participants would be told that a group of people was expressing their opinions on a controversial issue. Then some of the participants were given one opinion to read, and others were given three. In some of the three opinion conditions, each opinion was attributed to a different person. In others, all three were from the same person. The results? People were more likely to assume a position as the majority belief when it's repeated by multiple people than when they read one opinion from one person. But hearing one person express the same opinion multiple times had nearly the same effect as hearing that opinion from multiple people. So why is this? Well, the researchers say it all comes down to familiarity. When you hear an opinion repeated multiple times, you become familiar with it. And you use that feeling as an indication that the opinion is popular. And yeah, if it came from multiple people, that's a safe bet to make. But the same thing happens when an opinion comes from one person repeatedly. Our shortcuts fail us, and we get a distorted perception of how many people actually hold that opinion. These findings impact nearly every facet of modern life. So take, for instance, a publicly elected official. If that official gets 10,000 phone calls about an issue, but all those phone calls come from a small group of really dedicated constituents, then that elected official could think that opinion is more widely held than it really is. The squeaky wheel really does get the grease. The same thing could happen with the news and opinions we read about in our social media feeds. If you've got one friend or family member who regularly posts about their fringe beliefs, then you might start to assume that those beliefs aren't so fringe after all, even if they are. That could be enough to get you interested, and who knows, it could help a small conspiracy grow into something much larger. And that is all the more reason to share the beliefs that you hold dear, even if you think they're already popular. Should someone base their diet off of their blood type? Well, proponents of the blood type diet have said so for decades. But a recent study says probably not. It's a small study, but it's some of the best research we have into this surprisingly popular diet. The way researchers tested this claim was pretty interesting. They just reanalyzed a previous diet study to see if blood type had any effect on the results. That study was published in November, and it involved 244 overweight individuals who participated in a 16-week randomized controlled trial. Half the participants went on a low-fat vegan diet, and the others didn't change anything. The results at the time? The new vegans saw a nearly 20% boost in metabolism as compared to the control group. Not too shabby. Later, some of the same researchers took a second look at the results to see if participants with type A blood saw greater improvements in body weight, 
body lipids, and glycemic control than participants with different blood types. But wait, why type A? Well, that's because the blood type diet says that different blood types emerged at different times in our history. So like type O is supposedly the original hunter-gatherer blood type that tends to support the digestion of meat. Type A supposedly emerged alongside the agricultural revolution, so it should support the digestion of plants. And type B supposedly emerged in nomadic tribes that raised livestock, meaning it supports the digestion of dairy. But there are a lot of problems with this theory. For one, type A actually evolved before type O, which makes the whole hunter-gatherer-slash-agricultural-revolution story pretty tough to believe. I should also mention that no one has ever proven that there's even a relationship between a person's blood type and their ability to digest different types of food. So knowing that, it's probably not surprising that the participants with type A blood didn't take to the vegan diet any better or any worse than those with other blood types. So there are a couple of takeaways from this study. First, the blood type diet is something to be skeptical of. This was a small study, again, but the findings definitely undermine the diet's already shaky claims. And second, hey, plants are good for you. The vegans ended up being a lot healthier than the participants who didn't change their diet, irrespective of blood type. The good news is that you probably don't have to drop all animal products from your diet to benefit. Bottom line, put greens on your plate and don't worry about what's in your veins. If you found a pool of water that was 2 billion years old, would you drink it? Probably not, right? But let's say you were super thirsty. Could you drink it? You know, and survive? Well, ask the scientists who discovered the oldest pool of water on Earth and gave it a taste. First, I've got to set the scene. We are in Kid Creek Mine in Timmins, Ontario, Canada, about an eight-hour drive north of Toronto. It's known as the world's deepest base metal mine and nearly two miles or three kilometers deep. And it used to be home to one of the largest deposits of zinc, copper, lead, silver, and tin in the world. So it makes some sense that in 2013, researchers at the University of Toronto did some spelunking and discovered a 1.5 billion year old pool of water in the mine. But that was just the beginning. Three years later, in 2016, the team went back to the mine and dug a little deeper, about a mile and a half or 2.4 kilometers deeper to be exact. What they found at that depth was a pool of two billion year old water bubbling up like an eager young spring. Just how old is that? Well, Earth's atmosphere was virtually devoid of oxygen two billion years ago. Multicellular life didn't get going until 600 million years ago. But ancient water is more than just a cool geological record breaker. This water contains sulfates that were born of a chemical reaction between the rocks and the water. And long story short, where there are sulfates, there could be life. The area made its own sulfates, which means it may be able to sustain microbial life, completely cut off from the surface. And that means more places on Earth and on other planets may be habitable than we previously thought. We're ready for you, aliens. But again, could you drink the ancient's water? Well, team lead Barbara Sherwood-Lawler explained at the time that it wouldn't kill you, but it would taste disgusting. And she would know because she actually dipped her finger in and tasted it. She said it was very salty and bitter, much saltier than seawater. So... 
I would guess, probably not something anyone's going to be bottling anytime soon. Well, let's recap what we learned today. You might think an opinion is popular if you hear it a lot, even if it's just one person repeating the same opinion over and over again, because that makes it familiar to you and you use familiarity as kind of a benchmark for what you think is popular. So like this is going to be controversial, but my hypothesis is that that is where the Nickelback is terrible like meme comes from, because it's like cool to be like, oh, Nickelback is so bad. But like there are way worse bands than Nickelback, right? There just are. Like, I'm sorry. They get so much hate. So I just wonder if one or a small group of people just like really didn't like Nickelback and they just started telling everybody over and over. And now it's like the hip thing to not like Nickelback. Right. No, I I think a lot of things are like that. I mean, a lot of the so-called terrible bands are like that, like Coldplay. I don't know. Coldplay is fine. Smash Mouth. It's fine. Walking on the Sun is a great song. Yes. I unironically (laughs) enjoy some Creed. So sure. (laughs) You know, music is good. We also learned that fresh research suggests that the idea of changing your diet based on your blood type may not make a lot of sense. It's never been proven that there's even a relationship between a person's blood type and their ability to digest different types of food. And other parts of the diet are also kind of shaky. So feel free to try the blood type diet if you're curious, but it's probably best that you manage your expectations going into it. I mean, there's a lot of appeal in having someone tell you that you need to do something very specific and different from everybody else because you are special And this thing that you're going to try is going to be completely different from any other diet you've ever tried because every other diet has just been following the thing that the experts say to do. The problem is that it just doesn't work that way. And uh, it's a little disappointing, honestly. Like, wouldn't it be great if there was just this thing we hadn't discovered that could make diets easier and more effective? Like, that'd be great. Maybe there is, but it's not this. Right. And it is tempting to be like, wouldn't it be great if there was the one perfect exercise or the one perfect diet you can do? But at the same time, it's kind of liberating that there isn't one superbly optimum option, right? Like if if researchers were like, do this 30 minute workout every day and that's the best way to go objectively, it's the only thing to do. And like you didn't like that workout. That sucks. Yeah. But like as it is, you know, most people are just like, you know, do do 30 minutes of this or that. And, you know, cardio, you can bike, you can row, you can run, you can do all these things. Lifting, you can do all this stuff. There's yoga, Pilates. Like the diversity of options that we have is is actually kind of a blessing, I think. Yeah, and same goes for this blood type thing. Like if you, <laughs> if you have the blood type that says that you're best eating meat and you have a moral objection against eating animals, well, you're going to have a bad time on that diet. So thank goodness that that's not true. Yes. And we also learned that researchers found a two billion year old pool of water deep, deep in a Canadian mine. And it's a big deal because it contains sulfates that came from a chemical reaction between the rocks and the water that may be a sign of life. And that could mean that there are more habitable places than we previously thought, both here on Earth and on other planets. All right. So it's supposed to be salty and briny, right? Mm-hmm. So could you make ancient pickles in it (laughs) like how long would pickles last in that water i think i think you could do it for a billion years i know there are researchers listening you know what you have to do 
Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk, Grant Curran, and Joni Folletto, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. Everyone's doing it. Seriously, everyone is going to join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. The most popular thing to do these days <laughs> is to join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. All right, all right, all right. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.